probably record this motherfucker i believe that it is best practice for a podcast to hit record yeah all right well here we are episode 43 yeah we are here in balmy almost fall portland oregon uh, september 1st it like officially switched to fall like someone just flipped a switch and it's like it is cold now and uh lots of pumpkin spice lattes were poured today and i was so happy <laughs> not so much for the psl but for the chill like I've, i'm tired of being hot i hate it <laughs> we were really fucking hot there for a hot minute and yeah. uh it lasted like a red hot chili peppers album uh-huh it lasted j- too long sort of like a red hot chili pepper album. <laughs> <laughs> at least like post californication yeah i won't lie i actually really liked stadium arcadium and like like the weird songs that the double album right. pulled yeah but, uh, that is a another conversation yeah for another we, don't, day. we don't need to dive into into the handsome hockey music podcast yet so my name is jake i'm here with evan hey i'm evan and i will not chide him for not saying his name with joy today uh <laughs> speaking of non-joy yeah you know who's not joyful i think in general people who live in the phoenix area but but the phoenix coyotes or the arizona coyotes the, the, the glendale coyotes yeah biden's eviction moratorium was overturned in the courts and the first team evicted was the coyotes by the city of glendale who said we don't want your money here any longer which is crazy for a stadium to say that, right? Like, yeah. A stadium whose revenue is directly attached to attendance <laughs> in sporting events. Right. Was like, nah. Yeah. What they're saying is we will take monster trucks two nights a week over your stinky ass hockey equipment. There'd be more people at a monster <laughs> truck rally than in uh, Arizona. In don't, Arizona yeah, coyotes. don't doubt it. Or, you know, whatever it's going to be like monster trucks and rodeo and, uh, uh, I don't know, maybe, maybe lingerie football league, giant conversations with Joe Arpaio. <laughs> Is there like a conservative version of my next guest needs no introduction? Well, thankfully Rush Limbaugh's dead. So, <laughs> That's still a big win for America, I think, that Rush Limbaugh is dead. Uh, yeah, it was a definite uh, addition by subtraction. Yeah. But yeah. anyways, <laughs> the Coyotes got canceled. Like, the cancel culture has ex- extended all the way to a whole hockey team. It's not the Blackhawks, as you would expect. It was, unfortunately, the Coyotes, who they're the red-headed stepchild of the league unfortunately yeah i mean the houston coyotes are very quickly i mean <laughs> sorry the quebec no. coyotes are <laughs> that's the great thing about coyotes they're fucking everywhere yeah the, and so like you can just like the the animal is valid in pretty much an indian environment yeah so the hartford coyotes are gonna be really <laughs> misplaced this year they're gonna have to switch their diet from like you know cactus and cactus wrens to fish but that's an upswing i think <laughs> Hard to imagine the Coyotes return to Arizona, or at least Glendale. Yeah, they're out in Glendale. Um, Gary Bettman came out and said that the plan is for them to stay in the greater Phoenix area. And Um, everyone responded, yeah, right. Sure. (laughs) There is another arena in Phoenix, and I think they actually used to play there. I could be totally making this up. No, I think you're right. Yeah, so that is a possibility. However, I'm going to guess that arena is not as nice as the what was it gila river gila river gila river casino sure and boat show emporium (laughs) arena i don't know yeah i I played enough like nhl 98 to know that they had another stadium i mean the nhl has gone so far as to own the arizona coyotes to make sure that they stay in arizona So Mm -hmm. I think the NHL is going to do everything possible to keep the Coyotes in Arizona. Yeah, especially now that they are holding up 
Austin Matthews like Mufasa holding up Simba. Yeah. Where are we going to get the next Austin Matthews from? I know the entire Eastern Seaboard. <laughs> But he was made in Arizona. Oh, my God. And he plays hockey because of the Coyotes' outreach to kids in Arizona. And he has a mustache like Ron Jeremy. <laughs> like cool. He plays right. roller hockey. He hung out with Justin Bieber. Yeah, wow. Okay, that's the most awkward part of his yeah, whole thing. Yeah, like, the, <laughs> the, the Bieber crew, the Biebs crew. <laughs> that uh, somehow keeps getting Frederick Anderson like not listed. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> hey, it's... It's Mitch and it's uh, Austin and it's this other guy in the back. We don't know who he is. He might be a trainer. He might be uh, Bieber's pizza holder. Like you don't know. Well, like compared to the other two, he's a grandfather. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> he's just this awkward old guy that hangs out yeah. with us and hey. buys us beers and gives us drugs. Hey, what's up, guys? I'm uh, <laughs> Freddie Anderson. I'm uh, I'm part of the the crew. I'm going to be your goalie today. It's like when they have they did like road rules back in the day and like they had the one guy you're like how did this guy get invited and then you were like oh it's because he does all the crazy shit you know freddie anderson (laughs) is like jumping into the ring at the mma fight like i'll take you all down uh yeah anyways i i don't see the coyotes leaving arizona anytime soon to be perfectly honest Mm -hmm. and i think the nhl will do everything in their power because ultimately can't they just say no you can't relocate I, yeah, I think I they think, do have that power. Yeah, and I think that I know Major League Baseball does. I think this, this is, is much to do about nothing, but it's hilarious that I, some soon to be backwater stadium has decided that an NHL franchise is not worth their money. Ultimately, whatever. This is nothing. You know what else makes the Arizona Coyotes sad? Is they couldn't draft one of these guys that has returning to Michigan for what looks to be like a collegiate super team. It's probably the most talented college hockey team ever, I would think, right? Like, if we're well, basing I mean, it off of draft status. I'm sure some of the Minnesota teams from the early 2000s and 90s, like, maybe also yeah. had, I mean, but like top to bottom. I don't, like, I actually doubt they did because a lot back then, a lot of the really great players didn't go to college. Right. And, you know, the, their shining pride would be like Thomas Vanek or something. Yeah. The news is that Owen Power, Maddie Beneers, and Kent Johnson aren't going to form an insurance sales group together. They're actually going back to Michigan for their sophomore season. Hallelujah. <laughs> it's it, it this is, you know, by draft position, this is the most talented team I think we can say in college hockey history. So Owen Power went one. Maddie Beneers went two. Johnson went five. Luke Hughes is joining. He went fourth. Mackie Samuskevich went, I think, 21st. He's okay. in the freshman class this year with Luke Hughes. And There's then Johnny Beecher, who was a first round draft pick of Boston. Like they're losing Cam York, who was a first round draft pick two years ago. And people are like, I'll be all right. Yeah. But then also signed a bunch of other players yeah. in the, as a result of this you know, super team forming, because nobody wants to play on a team that gets rolled by the super team. You want to play on the super team. Yeah. Including a couple of kids who left Notre Dame <laughs> to come to Michigan, <laughs> which is like just beautiful. That is a, that like nature is returning. They're lining up this just murderer's row of, college hockey players bottom to top and yeah as you assert it could be maybe the best assembly of college hockey talent ever if they Uh, don't if they don't win a national title it's underachieving right partially because the ncaa hockey system has become more attractive for players of higher and higher talent levels and also a big reason for this happening is because this guy these guys basically missed a season yeah and so you know missed out on the college experience of like Hanging out in a dorm room with your bros, getting high, eating pizza. <laughs> it's awesome to see these guys go back to school. Keep in mind, Michigan hockey also lost the chance to play in the playoffs last year because of COVID. They had uh, they had a couple of cases and they had to bow out of the playoffs. And they were a highly ranked team with big things expected of them. Yeah, I mean, they had had a rough middle of the year as is to be expected when you're being led by a bunch of freshmen who are right. 17, 18 and are expected to be top 
10 draft picks and were but so second year with all those guys plus like thomas bartolo is still there like there's a ton of talent still in ann arbor outside of these guys it'll be cool to watch i'm gonna have to find some illegal streams this year Mm because i'm not paying for another fucking streaming service (laughs) yeah if anybody has any uh illegal streams for college oh i got you yeah just hit us on the twitter college hockey okay (laughs) so enough about michigan henrik lundquist the king calling it and good you know like he has a very obvious or very definite health condition that says he should probably stop playing hockey. He's also, I mean, he's in his mid thirties. Like that's generally a time when people say I'm about to kind of give it up and they start reevaluating their life, like move brick back by to brick Sweden and, and <laughs> uh, move in with your identical brother. And yeah, is this, a pro- is this property brothers or is this? <laughs> no, I didn't, I didn't know that Henrik Lundqvist had a, brother that looks like he could be a, a identical twin <laughs> until I saw some photo of him enjoying coffee together or something. And it's like, Oh, you, you have a, you have a backup, but yeah, it's, we're going to miss him. He's such a great interview, such a great guy, always super snappily dressed, basically Very raises positive. the, yeah, like raises the sartorial per 60 of the league just single-handedly we were sort of hoping that he would come back from his open heart surgery yeah i mean he had real heart surgery last year Mm -hmm. and missed the entire year there i don't think there were ever really rumors after after he officially shut it down for the year because he was working out he was trying to get back into shape and then he had a setback and decided he was like okay i'm done for the year i have to sit out and I don't think there were ever really rumors that he was going to come back after that. It's sad to see him go out like this, but also, you know, it's probably time, you know, you got to take care of your body for the rest of your life. Yeah. You got a good 50 years left, bud. Like go home and hang out with your kids or whatever. Good for him. He's, I think for sure, a hall of famer. Um, he better be. Yeah. I, I, I know he doesn't have a cup, but he's got a Vesna. He was, just outrageously good for probably about 10 years there and always like you know contributed positively to the culture of the league was always a great interview took winning and losing like a class act and you know led some very very good teams relatively deep into the playoffs before it became apparent that the rangers just weren't going to get over the top and had to blow the whole thing up and he was probably the biggest casualty of that for sure yeah the rangers have said that they'll retire his number as soon as is possible uh um not to like move on from lundquist but chris pronger is going to get the same honor from the blues this year Mm -hmm. which is uh you know I, I think pretty much everybody hates that guy, but uh, he was he was an incredible defenseman for a long time. Yeah, like almost single handedly carried a number of franchises to either like conference finals or Stanley Cup finals from like the beginning of his career to the end. Yeah, like he was just dominant. He also died on the ice. And so like <laughs> I think it was Nick Lidstrom hit him with the heart with a slap shot and he was just like dead. And we we're like. Oh, well, uh-oh. And then he <laughs> rose from the ashes, and so my brother and I called him Zombie Pronger for the rest of his career. <laughs> That's very, day, like, I mean, yin like, and yang, like, Hall of Famers. You know, uh, Pronger's already in. You know, Lundqvist being this just nice yes. guy. Pronger being this tall defenseman that would murder you. Had fun doing it, too. <laughs> uh, reveled in blood and uh, broken bones of his enemies i was Uh, wondering who you were talking about there but yeah (laughs) yeah he's uh his like closest person that i can think of is like daniel day lewis's character and there will be blood (laughs) (laughs) instead of a bowling pin he has a hockey stick like (laughs) anyways so the stanley cup was awarded months ago so speaking of drinking your milkshake yeah and uh yeah as you're saying the stanley cup has been going on some adventures many of which involving food. And because we're hurting for off-season content, you know, like to just 
take a quick stop and see what Stanley the Cup is up to these days. Um, mostly to make comments about other things. Specifically, Cedric Paquette ate shrimp poutine out of the cup. That's a thing? Shrimp poutine? Like, it looks like you took, like, dorm room salad shrimp and like dumped it on poutine and then ate it out of the cup. Like I, I was pretty dismayed by that as a culinary choice for a Stanley cup winner. Yeah. If you, so you've got one thing, shrimp, which is great. Yeah. On its own. In most of its applications. We were talking earlier, uh, before we recorded about like cocktail shrimp kind of sucks. But Definitely. Like, but like most every application of shrimp otherwise is pretty solid. So shrimp on its own. Great. Mm -hmm. Poutine on its own. Great. Yeah. Is this a mashup we needed to see, though? I don't think so. Uh, You know, maybe call it uh, Canadian insensitivity or as a dumb yank myself, but shrimp poutine seems like a match made in, I don't know, like the first round of Chopped or something. David Savard, you know, did the nice thing. He took it on a scenic tour through Quebec City, like I want to do that. Like I'm jealous of the cup seeing more of the world than I have. Um, but then he ate out of it, a combination of, uh, mashed potatoes, scallops and caviar. Uh, he kind of lost me with the caviar. I mean, maybe this is like a income bracket thing, but that seems like a strange combination. Like you just went to the really nice restaurant and looked at the, entrees and just kind of said i'll have the most expensive ones like you're trying to i don't know impress a date from jersey shore that's that's like the the girl talk of yeah cup stuffings like (laughs) we'll take this like really i love it i love it (laughs) like you'll take this really great thing and this really great thing and this really great thing and we'll just put it in a blender and throw (laughs) it in the cup yeah we're gonna go uh, a little bit of Andre 3000 and we're going to go a little bit of, uh, 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 you know, uh, hunger strike by temple of the dog. Yeah. <laughs> and, and you know what? Sometimes it works. Y- yeah. I mean, there are worse things to eat out of it. I think, I mean, shrimp on poutine, maybe I, like, <laughs> I, don't know. I thought like, exactly. I was like, what the, what, 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 what are you doing? Like, you know, it's one thing if the shrimp looked good. But it did not. Yeah, yeah. We're going to be going back to this this entire episode. Yeah, Alex Kalorn brought it to the Bell Center, which is um, funny. Yeah, well, I mean, the funniest part about it was Montreal Canadiens fans got all butthurt as they want to do. When aren't they? (laughs) I didn't realize until this season how easy they were to troll. Yeah. And we'll get to trolling of the Canadiens uh, a little bit later in the segment, or a little bit later in the episode. But, like, he just raised the cup outside of the stadium in his hometown where he won games to win that cup. And uh, they instantly were like, this is classless. Uh, We do not like what is happening. You are trampling on dead Frenchmen. It was like, uh, (laughs) I mean, there's so many of them to trample. (laughs) (laughs) But, yeah, like... You know, it was this, like, patently uncontroversial thing he did. He just raised the fucking cup. You know, I don't think all Montreal fans got butthurt about it, but, like, the ones that are butthurt about everything. all on Twitter. Yeah, and, well, and, like, they all got triggered by it, and it was really super, super hilarious um, because it was, you know, just a patently, like, good-hearted thing he was doing. He wasn't, I, I don't know, I didn't see it as him stomping on the team he just beat in the playoffs i hope it was yeah i almost kind of hope it was like i hope he's laughing at home on his jet skis if three if, or four at a time yeah while well, he looks at his uh oh wait that's harvard Maroon. sorry i'm sure alex Clorn has jet skis come on they're, they, they're he plays in tampa and he's got a harvard degree come on uh he's, he, he's oh, gonna, all right <laughs> he's got jet skis but uh 
yeah, that is some Harvard level trolling if that's what it was. Because like if you can piss someone off by just doing something relatively nice, like No, no, no. I'm I'm here celebrating a victory with my friends and family. And Montreal is like, This is not good enough. <laughs> yeah. Stamkos went with a bit of an avant-garde decision in that he built a giant uh cake replica of the Stanley Cup, uh two size, and displayed them both alongside each other. I thought that was a nice touch. Uh, fairly interesting. Almost postmodern. How does will. how does one come up with that idea though? Is it you're I think searching it's pr- for originality, I think, at that yeah, point. Yeah, I think it's like, I don't know, probably something you offshore to your agent or something. Yeah. Like you oh, make, make sure. me look good. Yeah. What, what am I going to do with the cup? I don't know. Your publicist. Yeah. Like, like, I think this is an option on the NHL ge- like game in the career mode. Like, like what do you do with the cup? <laughs> you know, I was just thinking about this. Like, you always see beer. You always see food. Sangria. Hmm. Yeah, that would be right. very cultured. Yeah. Like, you get some, some fruity, super alcoholic wine. Just put my face in it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't even know what I would... You could fishbowl that shit? <laughs> Put like 30 straws. straws? Yeah. Uh, that would be pretty cool. You could get a bunch of people around it, drinking out of it, just passing yeah. spit like, you know... Yeah, like college party it up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's for a post-COVID cup. That's for a post-COVID cup winning. All right. That's enough cup talk. That season's done and dusted until we get to it in a little bit later. <laughs> uh a couple of just like shitty things to take care of real quick because they need to be talked about. They all suck on various levels. Um, Yeah. But speaking of very different levels, but (laughs) so on the other side of tributes, uh, this week, the hockey world said goodbye to Jimmy Hayes, uh, brother of current NHL or, Kevin Hayes and former NHL player for the Bruins and Blackhawks amongst others himself, uh, who died unexpectedly at age 31, uh, only months after having his, uh, second child with his wife and, uh, autopsy has come back inconclusive and they're waiting on a talk screen, but basically nobody has I- any idea why he died or how yet. And that makes this all the more, I don't know, open wound i guess is the feeling that i get from the hockey community um the dorchester hockey community that he grew up around is notoriously kind of tightly knit and a lot of people went back there this week for the funeral and have given a lot of tributes to him and you know it was heartwarming to see how this sport brings people together even in a time of really terrible loss for a lot of them. Um, you know, PK Subban was back making an appearance and, and, uh, you know, showing his support for the Hayes family in their time of need. And, um, Kevin gave a really touching eulogy and it, it, you know, the, the wound won't close like it normally does without kind of knowing why or how he passed away. And maybe we won't know. But, uh, yeah, it was super sad to see and, you know, it just kind of reinforced that we're not here for very long and you kind of want to be the kind of person that it sounds like Jimmy Hayes was in in that, you know, he was always really nice guy, a uh, favorite teammate on the teams he was on. And a lot of people had just great things to say about the guy, you know, it, if you're going to have to go too soon, that's what you want said. So our hearts go out to his family and uh, all his friends. And, you know, this was a really tough thing to see this week. So moving from somber to just the ever evolving scandal that is the life of Evander Kane. Yeah. Tough to see for other reasons. Um, So, his bankruptcy proceedings have been going on for quite some time now. There have been numerous things that have come out about him, his lifestyle, his lack of parenting, allegedly. Um, however, this had not yet come out. Um, apparently, he has 
paid for not one, not two, but three abortions with the same woman. He has paid her to have them. Um, as I think the uh, I think he got the first one free. Yeah, is from what I've heard. You know, on the house, the yeah, the second was 125k, and then he promised her two million dollars for the third one, um, and then reneged on that uh, agreement um, after because she had said that she was going to keep it. Yeah, and as soon as she said, "Hey, I've done it." he was like, Oh yeah, I'm not going to pay you that money. <laughs> oh, Hey, that money never existed anyways, which, you know, like it seems like Evander Kane, not paying people money is just kind of a common theme. I would hate um, to be like a contractor or something that yeah. worked for him. I'd be like, wait, whose house is this? Evander Kane? Nah, <laughs> yeah. we some like we, hockey conscious contractor avoided him back yeah. in the day. That would be hilarious. We aren't going to see that money ever. This is just like another level of, allegedly awful things in the uh, the summer of Kane. It's getting absurd like, yeah, at this point. It is. You know, first you hear about his marital issues and the fact that he's an absentee father. And then you hear none of his teammates like him and they all wanted him traded and like to a point where all of their agents are getting involved. And now you yeah. hear that he's, you know, paying for and uh, bargaining for abortions of his possible children to be had like yeah it, you were willing to extend him a fair amount of understanding and then like it just stopped here like there like it's, uh it's hard to because you want due process to happen you want right like the truth quote unquote unequivocal truth to come out but at a certain point you just have to stop suspending belief yeah and this and is say, due process like, happening and just yeah yeah this is in the middle of due process yeah this, this is of his bankruptcy happening. proceedings it the thing like at a certain point you have to go like even if none of this is true mm -hmm. absolutely none of it there's a level of like shittiness yeah to this because you don't get yourself into the position to be accused of all of these things unless you're like definitely a shitty person. Yeah, agreed. And like Evander Kane like even said, yeah, I definitely paid. All right, she's definitely had these abortions. And it's like, like, and you know, and, and that's a decision between the two of them. But if you're going to coerce somebody with a large amount of money to do this very invasive thing to their body, probably seemingly against their will. Yeah. And then back out like that. That's bonkers. And, you know, does not look good for him. Like, does does he just settle to stop the bleeding that's happening from this discovery process. Cause like, could it get worse somehow? What if there's no name to clear? Like, yeah. What like, if what you did is shitty mm -hmm. and like at a, at what point do you just accept the fact that you did a shitty thing and say, I'm just going to get out of the spotlight. And like, as we know happens all the time with the 24 hour news cycle, people will forget about this. Yeah, and like you wonder if they have more leverage over him that they're not using yet. Like, yeah. you know, it's obvious now that there has been a ratcheting of pressure yeah. through this legal process, through this discovery process, through the uh, public comments by his soon to be ex wife. And it's gotten more and more ridiculous at every step. So, like, maybe he can't leave maybe this is just his hotel california and he's basically just being like <laughs> read his sins in the discovery process of how little or how to divide the little money that he has mostly what i'm saying is i hope nothing else comes out of the evander kane stuff no i, I, just, I hope it just ends because i'm really fucking tired of talking about how shitty of a person evander kane allegedly is yeah and i don't want there to be any more victims yeah i mean like you know i don't want there to be another person telling a horrible story about this guy. We've yeah. already established that he's pretty crummy and you know, th they already ruined one exciting 
hockey player for me. Apparently being named Kane in the NHL is not a very good indicator of if you're your off-ice pursuits. If you're a woman and a person, you meet a person whose last name is Kane and they tell you they're a hockey player, go elsewhere. Find love elsewhere. <laughs> also in stupid shit, Mitchell Miller. I'm surprised he's come back to us. I he didn't need to. No, he really. But then the really Tri City Storm were like, "Well, you know, what we need on our team fuckery." Yeah, and so the USHL is definitely a bit of a hit for him, talent-wise, from where he was. Um, but he is getting a chance to play hockey again on a real team very quickly after his scandal broke and it's just a year and frankly he hasn't really done much in that year to help his case he released a statement which was categorically awful if you don't remember mitchell miller he was a former draft pick of the oh why do we have to beat on them arizona coyotes Formerly the Glendale Coyotes. <laughs> who was had his draft position rescinded and also lost his uh, spot on the University of North Dakota hockey team because of a bullying incident that was uncovered when he was in high school. He and another kid racially bullied a special needs black kid and did awful things to him. Uh, we talk about it some episodes ago. I don't remember when it was. Don't listen to it. It's awful to listen to. <laughs> like you should. We're great. The content is terrible. Yeah. I just, I hate talking about this guy. Why we're talking about him is like, you know, a lesson in what not to write in terms of PR, which is we're getting this lesson many times over this, this off season. He has the worst advisors. <laughs> ever <laughs> yeah like uh, his advisors are right it, it's probably the same people who wrote that pr statement for jake Vertanen. but what he said is what i did when i was 14 years old was hurtful to others and i'm truly sorry for that i've done a lot of growing up over the past five years and become a mature person who is respectful of everyone at all times i pledge to stop right there respectful of all people at all times that right there is an outright lie this dude is gonna be uncle rico from <laughs> from napoleon dynamite for the rest of his life like the i bet you i could have shot a hockey puck over the mountains if they just give me a chance after i reached okay that's where the metaphor breaks down but like <laughs> after i racially abused a kid like fuck man like he deserves no more chances at hockey like should he be allowed to have a life and whatnot? Yeah, sure. Of course. But like, you know, at a certain point you lose having nice things handed to you like a hockey career. Like you don't get that anymore. Yeah. What drove me nuts is he said something to the effect of calling this abuse of this kid in an inconvenience and the family and this child have reiterated time and again that they've not really gotten a real apology from and they Mitchell never Miller. will it does not sound like that is forthcoming and i think that that should be a stipulation of because him ever playing in the league it's again. because he doesn't think he actually did anything wrong he thinks this is all fun right he thinks he doesn't have to there face no consequences which is you know it, that's why he'll he'll reiterate the same way that logan mayo would reiterate like i'm young mistake they always push some responsibility onto the victim and try and cage it as a learning experience when it's like, no, this is just a, an indication that you're a psychopath and lack empathy. At least, yeah, you're at least a shitty human being, but probably some level of socio-psychopath. Like this, the inability to see what you have done as awful outside of the fact that it has now cost you things is like a true sign of somebody who just doesn't give a fuck about other people. And he, he deserves to have these things taken from him because of the awful things that he's done. It is true that mistakes should not define your life so long as you can learn from them and grow from them and evolve from them and become a truly better person. But along the way, your mistakes are going to cost you things. 
they're going to cost you chances at happiness that you thought you once had. And his actions, his words don't show any growth or evolution or change or adaptation from the shitty things that he's done. Yeah. He confirms that he hasn't really even spoken to the kid in the family, his victims since this became public. He said, I was unable to reach out to after the incident. Really? Uh, You don't have Snapchat. And and yeah, he probably put tons of TikTok videos out in the world between them. But he says, but I think eventually I will definitely reach out and obviously say, I'm sorry for all the inconvenience I caused when we were 14 with their family and the child. It'd be really funny if he just like took a clapper in the gonads in his first game in the USHL. And like the guy who shot it was like, you know why I did this. And that would be awesome. Anyways, this kid's a shithead. So enough of the bad stuff. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about good stuff. Mm -hmm. And despite the fact that USA number one did not win, the good stuff is the women's worlds. Yeah, it was super fun. Uh, The highlights that I could catch because it was insanely difficult to actually watch the games live. Um were super fun and it sounds like you know they had a blast in this tournament um it was always gonna kind of be canada versus the u.s for the championship but they made it a doozy but they also it almost didn't play out that way almost the u.s yeah the u.s and canada it did it did the u.s and canada (laughs) they turned it on when they needed to but they all they were like one bad game away from maybe not even meddling. Mm -hmm. And then they were like, hold on. Yeah. They did what the, uh, the NBA players did the Olympics. They made it interesting by uh, being rusty. Yes. And so, so the U S and Canada ended up going into overtime where, of course, Marie Philippe Poulin scores the, the clinching goal. Um, it's the first time Canada's won since 2012, which, which is kind of that was kind of an amazing thing to write. I was like, "What? Yeah, Canada didn't win a hockey thing in almost 10 years. Yeah, That's, is something's wrong. <laughs> Something was wrong, um, but they righted that ship this uh, this year, um, much to the chagrin of my USA number one chant, um, <laughs> number one in COVID deaths. Um, so." One of those, like, just great moments for women's hockey, though, watching this final. Like, you see the skill, you see the physicality, you see the speed that is played or that is that the women's game is played with. Mm-hmm. And immediately you go on Twitter and there's bad takes from stupid guys um, who just like have to say bad takes about everything. <laughs> um, it's like women might get up a, a leg up in the world. No, Twitter says no. White guy Twitter says no. Um, and so, like, <laughs> thankfully, white guy Twitter gets lambasted by uh, most of the rest of, including the rest of white Twitter. guy Twitter. Like, yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. So this, it was awesome. Like, uh, I'm with Evan. It was hard for me to juggle watching games with the rest of my life unfortunately so i only caught bits and pieces here and there but i did catch uh parts of the championship game and it was in as all games except for the early game that was like five to two where canada just steamrolled the u.s um every game between the u.s and canada is like must see tv and the final did not disappoint in any way shape or form yeah these two teams do not like each other like and in the way that is best for hockey fans they were being incredibly physical you know face washes and cross checks after the whistle were par for the course there was a bloodletting um (laughs) yeah uh what actually did happen that was crazy is uh canada's blair turnbull broke her leg snapped her tibia i believe celebrating celebrating (laughs) And made it back on the ice on on a stretcher for the gold medal ceremony. The visuals are amazing. Like she's like getting a medal and being like, I don't know, because she's probably just high as or, you know, on adrenaline, too. Like you're just high on a combination of things. (laughs) 
it was that part was really interesting to see and yeah just adds to the lore of these two teams playing together and makes you not wait not want to wait for them to play again a lot of these women will be playing soon in Mm -hmm. the olympics this i think february so we don't have long to go to get back to national level women's hockey which is great we're gonna see the nwhl start here in the fall it was incredible to watch women's hockey played at the highest level and to just be as thrilling as we know it could be and it was the championship game especially did not disappoint in any level yeah the unfortunate side of things is women seemingly cannot play hockey without white men on twitter saying something dumb and in this case it was a lot of different reporters elliot friedman amongst others felt the insane need to compare this goal to patrick kane's cup winning goal from the 2010 stanley cup run and like the wait, two goals wait 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 wait. <sighs> <laughs> okay you can, you can continue yeah it was super disheartening because it's like can't can't we just have one game where you don't mention Amanda Kessel's brother? Can we just have one game where we don't bend over backwards to make comparisons to the men just to, I mean, I understand you're trying to pander to me, but I don't care. (laughs) And I don't need that pandering. Like I'm here to watch women's hockey and enjoy women's hockey for what it is. I would rather you tell me more about the history of women's hockey. Oh, the Czech women are playing. Well, let's talk about Yarmir Yager for half a period. Yeah, right. Shut the fuck up. (laughs) The point that people were making, were trying to compare Marie Philip Poulon's goal in overtime to the Patrick Kane goal in overtime. And like the only thing that was remarkably similar is that they both came from the left side of the goal in overtime. I'm sure there are many more goals to compare to. I don't know. They weren't similar enough where you really need to make that a storyline unless you're really grasping at straws. People were like splicing them together to like show how similar they were. It's it's like, like, no, no. (laughs) And, and if there is one player in the NHL (laughs) to not bring up, in a women's game. It's Patrick fucking Kane. Right. Fuck. Why? <laughs> like the guy who has a, albeit not convicted, very checkered past with women. Why are you bringing him up in the women's game? Yeah. Why do you feel the need to bring him up? Like I get, he's a star player and apparently, you know, big on ESPN. Yeah. There are so many other fucking dudes. If you have to bring up men, hockey players to satisfy some audience who you think is watching women's hockey, not fucking Patrick Kane. (laughs) Fuck. God damn it. I'm laughing at your animatedness. Not, not the, uh, my arms are flailing. (laughs) I I think your volume level is speaks Uh, wonders. So let's uh, end it on a great milestone. Yeah, in that Hillary Knight in this tournament became the all-time leading scorer in women's world championship history, surpassing Cami Granado with her 45th goal. Cami Granado is like, I don't know, to me, like the original women's hockey player. Like, it, yeah, she, that's an incredible milestone. It's kind of like Marta scoring the most Olympic goals earlier this summer. It's that kind of level of awesome. And it's really cool. So Hillary Knight graduates from Knight to Queen of the all-time women's world championship scoring leaderboard. Taking the most dominant chess piece on the table. We're going to chat really quickly about just... I'm just going to breeze through these re-signings. I don't really feel like... Yeah, we saying we, much about that. We turned it up a notch there. Now we're gonna take it down a notch and oh. talk about some uh, talk about some smooth resignings. Uh, uh, Kyle Palmieri. Uh, a bunch of these are the Islanders just finally announced their signings. So. Yeah, what do they like? Only they did this last year too. It's do they f- only like telegraph them all in a uh, you know it's like via a, Morse code it's like on a dot matrix printer? Yeah, they fax them over in one heap to save money because they're the Islanders. <laughs> like, uh, yeah. oh man, uh, it's fifteen cents a page, but if you send it on Saturday and only has one, it's twelve cents a page. Like Lou Lamarillo is like, oh man, that's that's worth like my fourth line center right there. 
So uh, Kyle Palmieri, five mil a year for four years. Uh, Casey Zizekas, two and a half million a year for six years. Anthony Beauvillier, four point one five million a year for three years. Ilya Sorokin, four million a year for three years. Uh, that's a lot of signings by the aisle. Um, reportedly, they have a Zach Parise contract already tied up, and he's heading to New York shortly. Mm. Um, so that'll probably get announced here relatively quickly. Um, in other areas of the world, not on the Isle of New York, <laughs> not in uh, NASA. Um, Connor Murphy. million a year for four years in Chicago. Colton Pareko, six and a half mil a year for eight years in St. Louis. Mm, A spendy defenseman. I love it. Uh, Travis Sandstrup, speaking of spendy defenseman, Travis Sanheim, 4.675 million a year for two years. Uh, Nikita Zadorov signed a one year, $3.7 million deal. And the two biggest contracts that have been signed since we last were together, Andrei Sveshnikov and Sean Couturier signed identical eight year, 7.75 million per year contracts. One of these things is 23 years old. The <laughs> other is 29 years old. You know, he also could, his game could be pretty serviceable at 37. We'll see. Uh, we will see. Claude Giroux has not exactly aged super awesomely. But, you know, well, he's busy playing beer pong with two broken <laughs> wrists. So. And finally, one signing that we do need to talk about a little bit in depth. Mm-hmm. Yes, Barry Kokaniemi <laughs> signed a one-year $6.1 million offer sheet with the Carolina Hurricanes that included a $20 signing bonus, Amazing. which happens to be the number of Sebastian Ajo, who Montreal offer sheeted two years ago. This is, there's so many layers and levels, and I don't want to spend a lot of time on this, but like, but it is off season hockey Christmas. Like it, what we wanted to happen, happened one ridiculous yes. offer sheet An offer sheet happened. Holy shit. (laughs) Two, this is the most spiteful thing in hockey in years. Amazing. This even down to the tweet that Don (laughs) Waddell of the GM in Carolina sent out, which was almost word for word. The tweet that Montreal put out when they offer sheeted Sebastian Ajo in French. In, well, they did it in French and English, but the fact that they did it in French is even more spiteful. And they changed their Twitter, uh, I think, description to be in French. The Canes Twitter did. Here's the thing. <laughs> this is a terrible contract. <laughs> it is. I mean, the, it's like three times what Jesperi Kokaniemi is worth at this point in his career. Right. Even optimistically, like at least double uh it's hilariously expensive for a player that's probably worth about two million dollars and signed an offer sheet for 6.1 million dollars here's another batshit crazy thing so (laughs) the hurricanes signed yesberry kokaniemi for 6.1 million dollars during this offseason their highest bid to Probably future Norris winning defenseman Dougie Hamilton was $6.2 million. <laughs> that means in somewhere in the lizard brain of Don Waddell, they think that the spite, uh, the spiting of Montreal is worth $0.1 million less than keeping a franchise defenseman <laughs> in your organization. And that is kind of the word on the street is that the GM had very little to do with this and this really came from the owner being pissed off about how much he has to pay one of his star players because he was offer sheeted several seasons back and And uh, the Aho contract is a good contract yeah right like they signed a contract that he was gonna be worth anyways it's reasonable (laughs) and so you know it started this hilarious chain reaction where like Montreal fans, bless their heart, 
don't know what to make of this. Half of them are like, we need to pay up and keep this player here and match this offer sheet that he's been signed to, or we need to take the automatic draft picks and it's let a first him- and a third in a very deep draft. Yes. Probably better than the draft that Kokaniemi came out of. No, uh, argue, not even arguably. Like this is a very deep forward draft for and 2022. In a year that it's hard to see Montreal repeating the same success that they've the same sort of like middling and punching above their weight class talent-wise success that they've had the past couple of years. It's hard to see them not drafting a better player than him. But also, he's shown that he's like actually pretty good. Uh, they've kind of fucked up his development. He's a very good playoff player. Yeah. He showed that this year. They've really screwed with his development. They pl- he was an Easter era. He's a European guy coming into the NHL game. Immediately. They played him in the NHL at 18. And he's been there for three years, which that puts him in rare air in terms of the amount of time you spend in the NHL as a young player. So, you know, he is good. He's not worth $6 million right now. He's super young still. He's 21. But right. They're, they've caught Montreal in the middle. We're like, you, okay, you have to decide on this player right now. Are you going to put up or shut up? Is he worth this stupid contract that will pay him and you would be over the cap if you paid him? Or do you, are let, you gonna let him go? Also, you let Philip Deneau walk. So, like, right. who's your first line center? And, you know, you what you let Deneau walk and Kokniemi walk in an offseason. Nick Suzuki is looking around saying, all my friends are dead. <laughs> it's like the psalm. <laughs> like, yeah. I, he's your real future center that you know it probably has a higher ceiling than Kokniemi. You went from having a three deep of centers that was very solid mm-hmm. to, oh, fuck. <laughs> right. And you're right. Nick Suzuki is probably a future first line center. Like he's he's very good and will be better. Kokniemi like, is probably a future second line center. Easily, he's already their second line center. Like right, but like a future, like very you know, yeah, cream of the crop second line center. Which I don't know who's dumber in this. It's a bad situation. the The brilliance of it is that it's a one year deal, mm-hmm. and he's still an RFA afterwards. So. Carolina could theoretically be like, hey, actually, we really like you, but not at six million dollars, but we'll give you this longevity and mm-hmm. say, at you know, right. four point five million. Or They've whatever. paid a premium for the negotiating rights, which is basically just a uh, uh, it's basically just a bonus. It's basically just a, a, a twenty dollar bonus. <laughs> the signing. I mean, yeah, that's the other thing is absent they're basically just paying him a signing bonus absent any actual signing bonus, which they used to troll the other team oh this is this is such just amazing juiciness from these stodgy white men also might be the last time anyone offer sheets anybody ever again (laughs) that's the other thing that i would thank you for saying that because that's the other thing i wanted to talk about if this ends offer sheets for all time that sucks fuck carolina (laughs) (laughs) yeah because offer sheets are insane and should happen more often. We want to finish today by it's it's the first time we get to do this recapping the shit we said in our season preview. Talking about ourselves. Yes, uh which I'm very good at. We said a lot of things <laughs> in our season preview. It was an hour and 45 minutes long. As you pointed out, I'm surprised we said so many good things. We said a lot of good things. We said a lot of really awful things. Not awful. Uh, well, I would. We, I was actually impressed by the lack of really awful things. We said. Outside of Carter Hart, yes, we did very and well. A lot of people. Carter Hart made a lot of people eat their sh- shoes last yeah, year. Like so your like- fantasy team, yeah. <laughs> so I just want to kind of like recap a couple of things that were said, some of our predictions, and make fun of ourselves. All the things we said are running through my head. So I running li- through my head. <laughs> I so I listened. Is that tattoo? Yep. Okay. You damn right it is. Uh, so I listened to our season preview again today to kind of take these down. Bravery. And, Such bravery. Uh, I, we've gotten definitely better. <laughs> That's good. That's yeah, that was that was a relief. So these are some just a listing of random things that Evan or I said. I said the North Division will be fun, which survey says 
Correct. I I was gonna say no. I thought it was just kind of boring. <laughs> like it was. Oh, uh, you mean from like first, a standings perspective? Well, at first, it was super fun because you were like, "Oh yeah, Canada's playing each other. This is great." And then as the season wore on, I was like, "I haven't watched a North Division game in a month and a half. I haven't even watched Connor McDavid do Connor McDavid shit." <laughs> and I was like, "Yeah, they, they they did sort of get like pigeonholed up there." Can I skip ahead to yeah. my sort of flip of the coin? Which turned out to be extremely true. Which is that Connor McDavid would pick apart teams when he gets to play them over and over and over again. And yeah, he put up the stupid fantasy season that he did. Uh, unequivocally correct. <laughs> and I mean, that was also looking at the goaltending in the North. And But like, yeah, the standings and the defense were so boring. The games were insane. This is something that I said that turned out to be very prescient. All Tampa has to do is make the playoffs and they get Nikita Kucherov back. Funny how that happens. Ding, 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 ding. And it happened like clockwork. And what would you say? It succeeded beyond their wildest dreams? We and, and for us, because we got to see Nikita Kucherov go full Florida, man. Yeah, he really did. What's more Florida, man, than repping one beer publicly while drinking another beer behind the podium? Yeah, he's a champion for all time. It's like, I am partying and making money off of my partying, but I don't actually like the thing I'm selling. (laughs) I mean, who does? The next thing that Evan and I both said this, and whoo! Boy, were we wrong. Evan said, Carter Hart is going to stop a lot of pucks. I said, Carter Hart is going to have an outstanding year. And what did he finish? Like, mm, 0.88, something like that? He finished negative 4,000 in the Vesna voting. (laughs) What was his actual save percentage last year, though? I'm going to say Wait, yeah, let's 875. Go. 877. Woof. That is so bad. And he played half, like almost half the minutes he played the year prior yeah. with a 914. Your next prediction was not true about the regular season, but very true overall. Evan said, I am predicting Montreal to succeed this year. Yeah, that kind of came out of. They had a great offseason. Yeah, one. Uh, I said was that Mark Andre Fleury will not finish the year in Vegas, which was not true about the hockey year, but it calendar is true year. about the calendar year. <laughs> you know, uh, willing to win in a technicality. So, you know, now playing for my, I guess I'm a fan of the team in Chicago now. The, the Chicago hockey team. Mm-hmm. Uh, I nailed this one when I said Hayden Flurry is going to take a big jump this year. This, I think, was mostly fueled on the fact that I signed him on my dynasty in NHL 20. Oh, okay. <laughs> and I was like, he's a good player. He's going to take a huge he, leap forward. He is a good player. He took a huge leap transcontinentally <laughs> to Anaheim. Uh, so that was wrong. Uh, Evan also said Dallas is going to get Ben Bishop back this year. Whoopsie. Nope. That's a big. Nope. I also said, I said if Anthony Mantha and Tyler Bertuzzi stay healthy, Larkin could have a great year or will have a great year. Otherwise he could have 35 points. Well, Tyler Bertuzzi played seven or nine games. Anthony Mantha got traded and Dylan Larkin missed 12 games because Jamie Ben broke his neck <laughs> And uh, uh, Jamie Ben, he finished with 23 points total. I said he would score 52. So I was just 29 <laughs> points. off. Yeah, it's a rounding error. This last like prediction or like random comment that happened in our. Yeah, it was offhand. It, as was, fuck. it was an offhanded comment. We were talking about buried Vesna. on page six. There's one thing I said. We were talking about Vesna winners and Evan was talking about how he thought Robin Lehner was going to win. And he threw this out there, said Robin Lehner could get hurt and Marc-Andre Fleury could win the Vesna. Partially talking about the team playing in front of him. But it's 100% correct. Robin Lehner got hurt and Marc-Andre Fleury was like, hold my beer. And just went out <laughs> and like rocked guts for an entire year, winning his first ever Vesna and then getting him that much wanted trade to Chicago. <laughs> the, the most hurtful trade. Yeah, that, that one was personal. We both picked division winners. I actually got three out of four. Yeah, um, I, I like how you're ex- assigning these like video game points. Yeah, like plus plus one. Uh, so I got Toronto, Colorado, and Carolina correct. I got Pittsburgh wrong. That's not bad at all because Pittsburgh wasn't super far out of the chase. No. 
They made the playoffs at least. Evan, you said Montreal, Colorado, Dallas, and Philly. I don't uh, get a plus one for Montreal. I mean, I know they weren't the no, division winner. They but, didn't win the division. But then they won the division in they won. the playoffs. Yeah. No, you still don't get a point because you also I picked know. Dallas and Philly and they didn't make the playoffs. Yep. Uh, we were 100% wrong on our conference champs. We both picked Colorado. I picked Carolina. Evan picked Philly. Oof. And both wrong on our cup champs because Evan picked Colorado to come out of the West, but picked Vegas as his cup winner. And I made a comment about that and he was like, fine, fuck it. It's Colorado. <laughs> but I'm putting Vegas down here just for the sake of getting his, his initial report on, uh, on paper. Unfortunately, he was more right because Vegas went further than Colorado did in the playoffs. So, uh, I mean, only because they ran into Vegas. Yeah. And then the heart trophy, I didn't go out on a limb and picked Nathan McKinnon because of how I rate the, the heart trophy. Like mm-hmm. it's the most valuable person to their team in the league. Didn't real didn't really think Connor McDavid would go ape shit though. And you like, it's not, I just drove that one straight down the middle. Yeah. Like, I was no, just like, you, you, uh, but you picked correctly. You got I, a, you got a, a randomly assigned to plus one for this. Yeah, I played the odds like yeah. whatever, but to his credit, Connor McDavid went banana sandwich. He did. And fully deserved the Hart Trophy this year. Absolutely and a half. And for the Norris, we were both way off. Uh, I think we you were, were far closer. I'm far closer, but still way off. <laughs> uh, I picked Shea Theodore and Evan picked Quinn Hughes. Quinn- Which is hilarious because I remember at the time I was like... <gasps> It's either Quinn Hughes or Kill McCarr. Oh, I can't, I can't. Mm, Quinn Hughes. Yeah. <laughs> Quinn Hughes, like everything in Vancouver, uh, is licking a toilet bowl at this point. <laughs> They're uh, just one big sad Quinn Hughes He's face. very happy that his brother got drafted this year, although not as happy as Jack Hughes, who vibrated <laughs> wildly <laughs> just after hearing Jersey pick uh, Luke. Um, and then finally for the Vesna, um, we we're both way off again. I picked Carter Hart, which we we've we've gone over m- on many episodes how bad he was last year. <laughs> Robin Lehner got hurt and never really got a chance to win the Vesna. However, his his teammate did. Finally, I stole this segment from MGO Blog, which is a Michigan football blog. Uh, three opportunities for me to look stupid. I could not pass one of those up. I yeah, I I did somewhat terribly actually i like i said colorado would trade ian cole and a third round pick to vegas for mark andre Fleury. ian cole did get traded however it was to minnesota mark andre Fleury get, did get traded to chicago after the season um i said edmonton would miss the playoffs and dave Tippett would get fired and that calgary would laugh despite also missing the playoffs only one part of that is true Edmonton did so poorly in the playoffs that I actually had to go back and like remind myself that they made the playoffs. It's like they weren't even there. Right. Like, I feel like you should get another plus one for that, even though it's technically wrong because, uh, they, they got swept in the playoffs by a team that went on to get swept. Ilya Sorokin. I, ch- I said he would win the Calder at 25. Uh, that did not happen. Well, that was in the, I mean, not in the vicinity of happening, but like, that's not a bad guess. He played it, really well, you know, he, yes. and like he was in the Calder conversation, but Kirill Kaprizov just ran away with it. And so we never even like discussed goalies in the call. Like, and then uh, I said that Dylan Larkin would be named the captain of the Detroit Red Wings. True. Plus one and bounce back for 52 points, which would have been more than double what he actually had in an injury shortened season. Cut short by injury. He was on pace, though, sort of. Yeah? No, not at all. <laughs> what did he have? 23 and 44. Okay, maybe yeah, not. Not even close. Evan, like, jumped on this three opportunities for us to look stupid with a couple of Blackhawks predictions. Uh, one was he said that Marc-Andre Fleury would get traded to a terrible team, and I would love if he became a Blackhawk. Wow. Which That's funny. happened. You would think they would learn how to spell his name right 
but they didn't. a name that has actually been in the NHL for decades. So you probably know what I was talking about. Oh it, yes, there I, was. A, they they published a you know picture of a bunch of jerseys, new player acquisitions in front of old players, and uh, they misspelled his fucking name. Someone was uh, summarily executed in the bowels of the United Center, which sure. is actually only like the fifth worst thing to come out of <laughs> Chicago this year. And then finally. Evan said that Alex DeBrincat would return to his scoring form, which was wow true. He had a great year. If only I'd have grabbed him in fantasy. If only, but say lovey. But yeah, so we had a like kind of a mixed bag, which I think most prognosticators do on our first go around. We are going to try and embarrass ourselves probably more this year because honestly, the NHL is shaping up to be super wild this year, and I have no idea what's going to happen. I got to say, I'm pretty impressed. Like when I heard you were kind of reviewing our old prediction, it's like, you know, a little shudder went through my spine. It was like, oh, I probably, you know, said something stupid. And then you were like, actually, you did okay. Well, we don't get paid to prognosticate. We don't get paid at all. But we also don't get paid to prognosticate. We just get paid to be handsome. So thank you for listening to us. We're not going to be regularly posting until probably the season starts. But we're going to get some NWHL content out to you soon. We're going to get some more. NH- we'll have an NHL preview that'll probably be just as long as the last one and, and we'll- take me three times as long to edit. <laughs> Thank you for listening. You can find us all over the internets. Our website is handsomehockey.com. We are Handsome Hockey Podcast on Instagram, at Handsome Hockey on Twitter. Or you can find us, you can email us at handsomehockeypod at gmail.com. And you can also join us on the Handsome Hockey Facebook page where we post memes and, and stuff. pictures of us Brett, sitting in a basement. Or pictures of Brett Hall rubbing his nipples. Yeah. Uh, at, a bl- at a Blues uh, game. Yeah. Which I think happens at most Blues games at this point. I think it's, I think it's just a nervous tick he has. <laughs> Obviously, you are listening to us somewhere. Better than his dad's nervous ticks. Ooh, <laughs> but you can find us on Spotify, <laughs> Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Overcast, Red Circle, and YouTube. Yep. Thanks again for checking us out. We really appreciate you joining us on this journey of slowly lessening mediocrity. <laughs> uh, but as always, you know, stay safe out there. COVID is a real thing. Get your vaccines. Be good to one another, and stay handsome, everybody. Restez beau, tout le monde.